So if you follow me on Twitter, you know, I refer to myself as Conrad, the mortgage guy, and I actually used to program myself in my phone going back, like, I don't know, 10 years. So whenever I would share my contact information with someone, I was easy to find in their phone. You know, it's easy to meet a person and then you sort of remember meeting them, but you don't correlate their name and what they do with their face. You know, does that make sense? So I just program myself in there as Conrad, the mortgage guy. And now that's what I call myself on Twitter. I believe in being easy to do business with, but don't take my word for it. Ask Steven up in Hobart, Indiana. He says, I had a great experience working with Derek was a breeze. He was always thorough and kept me in the loop to make sure I understood everything. It was very fast and helped me get a great rate. A big thank you to Derek and his entire team. Now, thank you, Steven, for the five-star review. The five-star reviews are piling up, man. If you want to save money, if you want to make this as painless and hassle-free as possible, you've just got to try SaveWithConrad.com. That really is what my family wants to do, because Derek is my cousin, by the way. Let my family save your family some cash. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket, but we will save you money. It's not a matter if, it's a matter of how much. Save with Conrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Hurry to save with Conrad.com. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. Drop the chips, make physically fit protein snacks part of your daily gold medal routine. They're high in protein, made from 100% all natural real chicken meat and organic plant protein. Air baked, low in net carbs, and taste insanely delicious. Grab a bag today and enjoy curbing your hunger with a crispy crunch and intelligent real food protein snack. Now you and your family can reach the gold with Physically Fit. Now available in 11 great flavors. Visit physicallyfit.com. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. This is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. First off, I'd like to thank all the listeners for making our podcast one of the top-rated podcasts in the nation. We're very grateful. We have an excellent show planned for you today. We're going to be covering WrestleMania 17, my match with Chris Benoit, and everything leading up to it. But first, I'd like to introduce to you my co-host, the man who exemplifies the three eyes every single day, Conrad Thompson. How you doing today, Conrad? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. I'm fired up for the show. Man, I am too. WrestleMania 17 is the talk of everybody right now. People still think it's the biggest WrestleMania ever. And we just had the 20-year anniversary. It went down on April 1st, 2001. Does it feel like 20 years ago, Kurt? It doesn't to me. Oh, time flew by very quickly. I'm surprised it's been 20 years, but it has been. (laughs) The Astrodome in Houston, Texas was packed that day. 67,920 fans. Uh, we had about a three and a half million dollar gross at the gate. It does a buy rate for 2.08. So that's an estimated $13.3 million, uh, roughly 900,000 buys an all time record for a wrestling pay-per-view 
when you think back to WrestleMania 17, do you remember it being one of the biggest shows you were ever a part of? Oh, without a doubt, especially at that point in my career, it was definitely the biggest show I've ever been a part of. And it had a lot to do with the main event being rock versus Austin Two of the biggest names in the business. were going to go at it at that time. And I think that, uh, you know, basically, uh, made it even extra special. It's uh, pretty remarkable to think about this gate here. $3,530,905, the largest for a pro wrestling event anywhere outside of Japan. It more than doubled the previous record of WrestleMania five. Did you know going in, this was going to be the all-time record, or is that not something that the guys even really talk about back then? We didn't talk about it much back then, but I'm actually not surprised. It was the biggest gate. Um, you know, it was, it was a, a stack card. It was a really awesome lineup. So it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. When you look at this roster, I mean, it's unbelievable. And of course, Jr. had a lot to do with that. He reminds us that, uh, he signed a lot of this hall of fame roster. Yeah, he did. Uh, it's- <laughs> the, uh, the, the event itself, the Astrodome, you know, we've, we've seen footage behind the scenes as fans where guys get to the building early. I think usually call time is 12 or one o'clock or something like that. And then you get to walk down the ramp. You get to walk out to the ring. People are still putting the final touches on the presentation before they open the doors for fans. But what's your reaction walking out there and looking around and seeing, holy cow, this isn't like an arena. This is a dome and it's going to be packed. And this is something else. It was the first stadium I ever performed in my whole entire life. So I was overwhelmed. You know, I kept imagining when my music played, you know, 70,000 fans would stay on their feet and scream. And, and that happened. I was really surprised. It was so overwhelming. It sent chills down my spine. Really exciting. Is this something that you would invite a bunch of family to? I mean, it feels like a, a major moment in your life to be on a card like this in an, in an event, this big with this many fans, are you inviting, you know, cousins and aunts and uncles and all that to a show like this? You know what? Ironically, my family didn't go to any events, my extended family. I, I never had them there unless it was in Pittsburgh, but that, that would have been the type of WrestleMania I should have invited them to. I asked them to come, but they didn't want to travel. And, uh, so I, I understood that and respected that as we head into this WrestleMania, there's a lot going on. Uh, ECW is going to fold. We know that all of a sudden we see Paul E doing commentary with Jr. because Lawler had walked out. That left an opportunity for Paul Heyman. Uh, so a lot of the ECW folks who are on that roster, who were probably behind on pay and a little frustrated and nervous about what the future may hold, see their fearless leader strut his ass down the ramp. And now he's going to do commentary. And then just a few days before this show, WrestleMania 17, WCW runs their very last nitro. And it's announced that Vince McMahon had indeed purchased world championship wrestling. So there's a lot of things going on in the wrestling world. But also for Vince McMahon, outside of wrestling, the XFL is running, but not exactly lighting the woods on fire. It's, uh, it's not doing great. Bob Costas has a show on HBO at the time, reaches out to Vince. And to my surprise, Vince agreed to do the interview and it didn't go well. It was almost a gotcha interview. I think is what they call it. I, I know you weren't there for that interview, but have you ever had an interview where you think you're going in to promote one thing and then the guy just sort of goes off into left field into territory. You really don't want to be talking about. No, it never happened to me, but it definitely happened to Vince and whether Vince was being the real Vince or the character Vince, 
he raised a lot of eyebrows. Yes. And that draws ratings. It says, holy crap, this guy's crazy. Right. I need to know who this guy is and what he's about. So if you're a non-fan, it, it, it might have turned you off, but a lot of fans, I think it drew it to, uh, you know, drew them to Vince, to the company. So I think that what he did was effective and Vince would do that things periodically, you know, every once in a while he would go off the deep end and do his crazy character, Vince McMahon. <laughs> All right, heads up, boys and girls. Our pal and Grammy-nominated artist Wale has announced an official apparel partnership with WWE along with Foot Action. The very first Wale Mania capsule was designed with Wale, and it's going to launch during WrestleMania week and feature some of the greatest black champions of all time. There will not only be apparel available online from the greats of today, like Kofi Kingston and Sasha Banks, but also legends like Booker T, Mark Henry, and Ron Simmons. Damn. Wale Mania launches on April 7th. Follow at Foot Action for more details. And I got to tell you, man, I'm pretty hyped up about this. Wale has been a big supporter, not only of professional wrestling, but of our podcast for years. And now he's got to deal with Foot Action? Come on, man. You love wrestling as much as I do, or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. And who doesn't want to style and profile? Seriously, this is a big deal. Make sure you follow at foot action at Wale and use the hashtag Wale mania, or just check out hashtag Wale mania and see what's causing all this Wale mania launches on April 7th. You got to follow at foot action for more details, but man, this is so cool. And we are so glad to be a part of Wale mania coming to foot action. Kofi Kingston, Sasha Banks, Booker T, Mark Henry, and Ron Simmons. Damn. Wale Mania is a WrestleMania tradition, and this year it's no different. Check it out right now. Use that hashtag Wale Mania, and be sure to follow at Foot Action and at Wale to get the lowdown on all the new t-shirts and hoodies and everything else that Wale's got going on, because let me assure you, if Wale's involved, it's going to be cool. It's at Wale, at Foot Action, and hashtag Wale Mania, just in time for WrestleMania. And it launches April 7th. Yeah, he did here and got a lot of attention for himself. He would have a few of those HBO interviews over the years, and I'm sure we'll talk about those. Let's talk about somebody else though. Brock Lesnar actually appeared on wrestling observer live just a few days before this WrestleMania. And at the time Brock's not a part of the WWE. Uh, he does tell the story where he was approached his junior year by John Ross. And a lot of people are talking about, Hey, maybe there'll be an opportunity for him in wrestling. I think at one point. Uh, the Shamrocks were trying to convince him that perhaps he should go into MMA. Were you watching Brock's amateur career? Were you keeping up with what he was doing in the NCAA? Yes, I followed Brock in college. I thought he was a dominating heavyweight. Uh, I think he only had uh, two losses his uh, last two years in college, and uh, he was he was really talented. He 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 was one of the most dominating heavyweights in history. So he had an excellent career. When you're watching a guy like that in the amateurs, you know, NCAA do really, really well in college. Does it cross your mind? Hey, maybe I should reach out to that guy and talk to him about pro wrestling, or is it such a different animal that maybe doesn't cross your mind? Well, you don't know if you can approach wrestlers, you know, the, a lot of them are turned off by pro wrestling because pro wrestling gets more of the limelight than amateur wrestling. So there's a, there's a little bit of a, you know, I guess, uh, negative, uh, 
persona about pro wrestling and amateur wrestling. But um, I, I didn't approach Brock because I was told that Jerry Briscoe was recruiting him. And he Jerry would go around and travel to amateur wrestling events and try to recruit, recruit athletes for WWE. And he's the one that actually brought in Brock. Did uh, Jerry ever approach you when you were an amateur wrestler? No, he didn't. But Vince McMahon approached me right after the Olympics and made me that first offer. And uh, when I turned it down, I'm sure Jerry thought I wasn't interested. So he never tried to contact me again until I approached the company again two years later. And we made a deal then. On the way to uh, WrestleMania 17, you're working some main events, including at Madison Square Garden. It's a packed card. We would see Undertaker and Kane and Steve Austin take on Triple H, Big Show, and Kurt Angle. Was the garden still special to you? And, and did anybody ever, you know, make the approach and say, hey, this is Vince's backyard? This is family to him. Do you get that sort of speech when you're working early garden shows? Yes, the garden was very sacred. Whenever we would go there, whether it was a house show, TV, or pay-per-view, it had to be a pay-per-view type of match. You had to put everything into it because this was WWE's home. And Vince McMahon put a lot of uh, investment in New York City and Madison Square Garden. Uh, that's where the company started, and that's what Vince wanted. It's uh, it's going to be quite the show here. Uh, but before we get there, talk about the good stuff. Let's talk about some bad stuff. Unfortunately, the company makes some news when there's a, a group outside of the headquarters there in Stanford protesting saying that wrestling has been overly aggressive and they're pointing to some cases where kids were trying to emulate what they were seeing on TV. And unfortunately, some of those kids wound up in a bad way. As a result, this is also around the same time that, you know, the attitude era is kicking off and obviously with all the suck at chance and you've got Vince making Trish get on all fours and bark like a dog and you're creating the kiss my ass club. Did you have a, you know, we, we've, we've heard from guys like Goldberg who thought that, you know, this wasn't his sort of, uh, entertainment. He didn't ag agree with the direction that it was becoming more adult oriented. Were you for that? Or did you sort of understand that wrestling was changing? I wasn't for it, but I understood it. And I knew that wrestling was changing. I knew the attitude era made everything different. You know, Vince McMahon became more risky. He took a lot more chances, did a lot of crazy stuff. And, uh, it drew ratings. I mean, you know, the attitude era was the top rated era in the, in the company's history. So what he was doing was working. So I understood why they did it. I didn't agree with it, but I understood. Do you remember there being a time where you were approached about an angle like that of that nature? And you thought, Hey, I appreciate you thinking of me, but that doesn't really work for me. Was there an idea that you had to turn down, but just because you thought it was maybe over the line? No, they didn't really have me do anything too crazy, but you know, my, my angle with, uh, Booker T and Charmel, I wasn't comfortable with, and I, I still did it because they wanted me to, but I, I actually wish I wouldn't have done that. I did, didn't think it did anything for my character. Uh, it might've drew a little bit of heat, but it wasn't uh, good heat. It was pretty bad heat. So, uh, you know, uh, other than that, I, I didn't regret anything else I did and I didn't turn anything. WWE's biggest two-night event is this weekend in Tampa, Florida, and to celebrate this historic event, DraftKings, an official gaming partner of WWE, is putting you in the center of the action with $50,000 up for grabs this weekend. Each night of WrestleMania, you will have a $25,000 free-to-play contest. 
you'll be playing for your share of $50,000. And it's easy. All you've got to do is download that DraftKings app, sign in using the promo code angle, and then enter DraftKings free to play WrestleMania pool. You'll answer questions like who will make a surprise appearance and who is walking away victorious. The customers with the most correct answers will get their share of the $50,000 in prizes. That's all up for grabs throughout the weekend. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012. So they know a thing or two about those big paydays. Download the DraftKings app right now and use promo code angle to enter free WrestleMania prediction challenges with $50,000 up for grabs all throughout this weekend. So use promo code angle now and enter two free $25,000 contests each night of WrestleMania only at DraftKings, an official gaming partner of WWE. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. As you and I are recording this, today is the 20-year anniversary of the very last Nitro, March 26th. And we know that Shane showed up at Nitro that night, but back in Cleveland, supposedly, Vince held a meeting with uh, all the talent, sort of explaining to all the wrestlers that, hey, yes, the rumors are true. I've bought WCW, but you don't need to worry because your jobs are safe. And, uh, your, the grosses will be higher than ever because now we've got interpromotional matches. I know you've never even probably flirted with the idea of going to WCW, but you knew who they were and what they were about. Do you remember that meeting in Cleveland and, and what the sentiment amongst the guys was about this acquisition? Yes. I mean, you know, with Vince McMahon, you can believe almost everything he says, but not a hundred percent everything. So you know, the, the, the wrestlers, I think the undercard and midcard wrestlers were a little bit concerned about their spots because WCW went out of business. Vince bought them. We dominated the competition and they were coming to the WWE. A lot of these popular uh, wrestlers from WCW. So thank God they did the brand split at that particular time, separated raw and SmackDown and made more openings for more wrestlers because you can only uh, perform on, on one of the shows. But yeah, for a lot of the undercard and mid-card wrestlers, it was a pretty stressful time. Do you remember, you know, anybody in particular sticking out in your mind? I mean, if you had to think back to that day, uh, anyone in particular being excited about the acquisition? I understand that everyone could be nervous, but was anyone, oh man, this will be great because I get to wrestle so-and-so, or we could do big business with such and such. I think a lot of the main event talent was thinking that because, you know, they, they, they had their job secure and they, they did want to do programs with wrestlers from WCW that they never had programs with. So I thought uh, for me, it was exciting. I was pretty excited about it. I was happy that, uh, you know, a lot of these wrestlers were coming up that I could perform with. Was there anybody in particular on the WCW side that really stood out to you that you thought, man, I could have a good match with that guy. Booker T. Yeah. <laughs> he he was so talented, gifted, entertaining, funny. Uh he he had the whole package. He he was an an exceptional wrestler. Let's talk a little bit about the promotion for WrestleMania 17. Uh, there once upon a time was a great show on TSN called Off the Record, hosted by Mr. Landsberg, and they had uh, an all-Canadian panel show with Val Venus, Chris Jericho, Edge and Christian. And then the day of WrestleMania, they aired an interview with you. Do you remember the interview with Michael Landsberg? And what can you tell us about that experience? Yes, it was a great interview. We talked about the Olympics, talked about WWE. 
it was it was really awesome to be on a show that that was that was that popular in Canada. It was a major network show. It was a huge show on TV, and being a part of it made me feel very special. Like you know, and, and at the same time, wrestling is really really popular in Canada. So there's a lot of demand for wrestling, and I think that's why Michael Landsberg interviewed me for WrestleMania. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the Ross report on March 26th. Um, Jim Ross would, would say that you're the most talented performer he's ever been around with your level of experience. And Meltzer would even comment on that saying, quote, I can't come up with anyone to dispute that there are guys who were two years in, who were very close in the ring, but I'm not even sure naturals like Owen Hart or June, June Nakayama, or even Kenta Kobashi at two years in had his polish in the ring and none had his presence, charisma, or interview ability. It's so ridiculous to label someone as a probable all-time great with this little time in, but barring an injury, I think it's as close to a lock as could possibly be possible. Something, I mean, he's, he's putting you over in a major way here, not just Meltzer, but Jim Ross. Is any of that stuff on your radar at all? Or are you just making towns at this point? I was just keeping my nose to the grindstone and staying focused and staying humble. Uh, I did hear the, you know, the praise that was uh, given to me by Meltzer and Jim Ross, and I appreciated it. It made me feel really good. It made me feel like I was on the right track, and I knew I still had a lot of work ahead of me, so I wasn't finished. We've never really talked about it, but when do you first learn who Dave Meltzer is? Does someone bring you the newsletter in the locker room, or how does his name first come up as best you recall? Uh, the wrestlers would talk about him, you know, they, Hey, Meltzer said this or Meltzer said that. And I was like, who's Dave Meltzer. Right. I didn't really know. And, uh, I found out quickly, you know, he has a lot of influence with the internet and the WWE universe and all the fans of wrestling. So I know he's been doing it for years and, uh, he's actually pretty good at it. Yes, he is. Uh, let's talk about access. Fan access was a huge success from the WWF standpoint here. The place was absolutely mobbed. Uh, there were some negative reviews saying there were actually too many people there and that the autograph lines could be ours and, um, they're, they're monetizing the experience in a new way. I think fans could spend $300 and eat ravioli with big show or pay $200 and get a sock from Mick Foley. What'd you think of the fan access event? Is this your first time doing something like that? Uh, yes. And, uh, it was overwhelming. It was definitely overcrowded, very uncomfortable, but you have to do it for the fans. It's fan access. WrestleMania is once a year. You have to show the fans your appreciation for them. So, you know, it's crazy because the company was trying to make money any way they could, you know, eating ravioli with big show and, you know, Mick Foley getting mixed fully sock. It was just like, they were just stealing money from the fans left, left and right. It was just crazy. Uh, you know, it's uh, incredible how they come up with ideas of how to make money. Yeah, absolutely. You know, next month is a special anniversary, the anniversary of when Kurt Angle lost his hair. You remember uh, edge gave him a little trim there at judgment day in Nashville. It's too bad that Kurt didn't know about keeps, but he does know about keeps. Now two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35 More than 50 million men in the United States suffer from male pattern baldness. And there are only two, two FDA approved medications that can prevent hair loss. Keeps offers both. 
Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Thankfully, you don't have to wrestle edge for it. You get a convenient virtual doctor consultation and medications all delivered straight to your door every three months, and you don't even have to leave your home. This is also a low-cost opportunity for you. Treatments start at just $10 per month, and Keeps offers generic versions. You get discreet packaging and proven results, and Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see those results, so you need to act fast. And if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash Kurt to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-P-P-S dot com slash Kurt to get your first month for free. That's keeps.com forward slash Kurt. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Kurt. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Kurt. And uh, let's celebrate a happy anniversary when you made a decision to keep more of your own hair at keeps.com slash Kurt. Well, let's talk about the build to the big event here. Uh, the March 1st SmackDown opens with you. You've got a ton of heat. The crowd is all chanting angle sucks. You wind up calling out stone cold or the rock, either one. And then the glass breaks. And Austin says something like, if you want me to whip this city slickers ass, give me a hell. Yeah. And of course you're in the main event that night with him three years earlier, you were a fan of stone cold. And now here you are working with him. What must that have been like? Well, Austin's the reason I got in the business. I fell in love with him in 1998. I, I wanted to be him. I wanted to be like him. I love this character. Uh, when I decided to join WWE, my idea was being another Stone Cold Steve Austin. Little did I know I was going to be the complete opposite. I was going to be a nerdy drinking, <laughs> uh, drinking heel uh, Olympic gold medalist that, uh, you know, just, uh, talked about the three eyes and stupid shit. So it was, it was a dream come true to actually wrestle Austin for the first time. And so very short in my, you know, very, uh, little time in my career that I actually got to wrestle him. I didn't expect to wrestle him this quickly, but it was, it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. And he's an excellent worker. I mean, you know, his character is so strong people underappreciate his in-ring ability. I mean, Austin's the beer drinker, flip off your boss, beat your boss up, you know, rebel. And uh, fans took to that very quickly, but his in-ring skills were just as good. The next week on raw, you snap, you break Scotty Two hotties ankle in the opening few minutes of raw and backstage. You tell Kevin Kelly, you're tired of being the rock and stone colds whipping boy. A few days later on SmackDown, you tell Kevin Kelly about your vicious streak and you're disappointed. You didn't break Scotty's ankle faster. And in 1996, you had uh, your neck uh, that you would have broken it in half the time. And the late Brian Christopher tries to attack you, but Tess holds him back. You wind up in a match with him instead and you dominate and the commentators keep talking about how you've snapped and then you hit the moonsault and wind up winning. And of course, grandmaster sex, a tries to attack you. You put him in an ankle submission too. We're starting to uh, get a harder edge to the Kurt angle character here, right? Yes. They, they wanted to make me more aggressive, more dominating. Uh, and especially in a match like that, you know, when you, uh, work with a guy that a very successful tag team partner, but when they split up the tag team or use one of the tag team partners to wrestle a main eventer, it's an enhancement match. So the main eventers can be a lot more aggressive and dominate the match more. 
It's to help make the main eventer even bigger. And uh, that's the type of match that we had that night. Let's keep the, uh, the build going here. I also want to mention that uh, there was a report in the observer that says test upped his stock greatly with his SmackDown match with angle. Did you hear that? that people were giving him high fives and kudos afterwards. A great match, Andrew, or are they coming to you and saying, Hey man, great job out there with test. Yeah. We, I had a lot of compliments about the match and I under, understood why that it did wonders for Ed, or test career because, you know, I was main eventing at that particular time and he was an upcoming talent and, uh, we had a really great competitive match and I think I did up his stock. Uh, the next episode of raw, you have a, a rematch for the world title against the rock. And in your interview, you say it's a crime that you haven't had a rematch for a title that you held for five months, which is longer than most marriages last here in Los Angeles. Uh, you also say you're going to snap the rock's ankle and it's, it's pretty notable because you're starting to talk about the ankle lock a lot here in interviews. You got it over in a major way, breaking it on, on Scotty too hottie. Uh, and now it feels like. This is going to be a new era. We're moving out of the Olympic slam and into the ankle lock era here. Is that by design or is it one of those things that it just evolved? It was by design. That was the whole reason I work in a work aspect, broke Scotty's ankle. Scotty right. uh, they, they wanted me to be more of a submission specialist, more of a technician and more of a killer. And, uh, you know, I, I had to adapt and, uh, learn to, you know, to be, um, less defensive and more offensive. And that's what I had to do. You come out that night against the rock with both of the straps on your singlet already taken down. This is something we would routinely see you do in the middle of a match, much like Jerry Lawler before you sort of, when you drop the strap, we're kicking it into a new gear, but you come to the ring that way. Is this to show that you're taking, you know, your, your title shot more seriously? I mean, they even went so far as to release a figure with your straps down like that. And it's something that your fans are, uh, asking about on this week's episode. Yeah, it was, uh, to show that the shit was going to go down and, uh, you know, the match wasn't going to last long. So the straps were already down. I was pretty pissed off and I won the world title back. That's, that's what it was for. There's a moment in the match here. I guess we should mention the, the rock puts on the, the sharpshooter almost right away. But then you dominate most of the match after that. You even use a bear hug. And I don't know why, but watching that out, watching that back, it really stuck out to me. We don't see bear hugs in wrestling all the time these days, but once upon a time in the eighties, it was a regular part of the routine. What's up with the bear hug? I, you know what? I, the rock wanted to do it. He wanted to sell the midsection and I, I didn't have that many, uh, midsection, uh, uh, I guess, uh, holds, so the bear hug worked extremely well, and it worked in that match incredibly well. Today, we're welcoming a new sponsor to the show, IP Vanish VPN. Here's a little bit about IP Vanish VPN. If you care about the security of your online activity, IP Vanish VPN is a quick and easy way to start protecting yourself. Rated 4.7 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot, IP Vanish provides an encrypted connection for all of your internet traffic helping to prevent websites, Wi-Fi providers, and even hackers from intercepting your data. Help keep your financial details, personal information, and online activity safe from threats with IPVanish. Get started with this limited time offer and save 50% off monthly and annual subscriptions. Visit IPVanish.com forward slash angle. That's IPVanish.com forward slash angle. 
And we thank IP Vanish VPN for sponsoring the Kurt Angle Show. And welcome aboard, guys. It's true. It's damn true. You're protected with IPVanish.com forward slash angle. It's just a move that I don't think we see very often. It stuck out to me. Let's talk about the rest of the match. Uh, that move worked by the way, uh, they got a Rocky chant out of it. So the bear hugs are over here in 2001, but you hit a rock bottom or he hits a rock bottom and you kick out. Then he hits the people's elbow and you kick out. You wind up finally getting the ankle lock, but even once he gets to the ropes, you won't let go. So you wind up getting yourself disqualified. This is a pretty big deal that I don't think we should just sort of gloss over. We're less than three weeks away from the biggest WrestleMania ever. And you've just totally dominated the world champion. Even if you're not in the main event of WrestleMania 17, they're making sure you're ready on the other side of that show. Are they not? That's what it was for. It was the show that I was serious. I meant business. And, you know, after WrestleMania, I was going to be gunning for the title again. And, uh, you know, the, the, the match was just, you know, the, the whole thing was incredible. So I was very excited about being able to be more aggressive and, and dominating in the match. And, uh, you know, Dwayne was, uh, was incredible. He, he was very giving, so it, it was easy to work with him and, uh, to, you know, to show that my character was being more serious at the time. I also want to mention that on the March 15th, SmackDown, you're up against stone cold in the main event. It's a no disqualification match. And if for some reason, Austin is incapacitated, you get his spot at WrestleMania. So Austin's really taking it to you. Eventually you come back. You're about to break his ankle and the rock interferes. Austin winds up pinning you, but it's interesting that even though you're not in the main event, it feels like at any point they could have just said, all right, we're going to make it a three-way dance now because you're in this rare air with both of those guys. Well, I don't think they ever planned for a three-way dance or a triple threat. I think the reason they did that was to help me, keep me strong yep. all through the program and also to keep rock and Austin off of each other. So I would wrestle rock one week and then the next week I'd wrestle Austin. It was so they didn't have to butt heads until WrestleMania. And I think that's uh, a lot of the reason why they had me do that. So March 19th is an interesting show. We have you and Chris Benoit scheduled in a handicap match against the rock. And you tell Benoit, Hey, uh, put him in that move. You do. Of course, he's talking about the cross face and that'll set up my ankle lock, which offends Chris Benoit. And then Jericho <laughs> urinates in Steve Regal's tea. And, uh, the storyline P of course. So it winds up being the rock and Jericho against you, uh, Regal and Benoit. So there's a spot where you get both of your moves on the rock at the same time, the ankle lock and the cross face Regal winds up getting the pin on Jericho. What do you remember about this story? This is a fun episode. It was a fun episode and, uh, you know, Jericho peeing his and Regal's T that was, that was awesome. Um, I just remember the match, you know, it was a, a handicap match, I believe. And, uh, you know, the, the whole thing was, uh, to help plant the seed of Benoit and I for WrestleMania. And, uh, so we were fighting over who was going to beat the rock. I was going to make him tap or Benoit was going to make him tap because he was the world champion at the time. So the story was, uh, meant for Chris and I to have a program going into mania. Let's, uh, let's keep it moving here on March 22nd. It's once again, a handicap match. This time it's you and Benoit against the rock. Uh, 
backstage are getting on Benoit's nerves because you can't remember the name of his move during the match. As Benoit has the cross face on the rock, you put rocks foot on the ropes. Rock winds up pinning you. And then he puts the sharpshooter on Benoit and you walk away. But after rock attacks, Mr. McMahon, you run back in and put him in the ankle lock. And, uh, this is kind of fun. I mean, this is nice storytelling here. What do you remember about that night? Well, you know, I, I didn't want Benoit to get the win. So I wanted to make sure that, uh, he didn't win the match. So I put the rocks foot on the, 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 the ropes. So he, uh, Benoit had to break the hold. Uh, little did I know I, w- I would end up getting pinned that night, but, um, you know, when Dwayne attacked Vince, I was sticking up for Vince and going after rock and, uh, you know, putting him in the ankle lock was a big plus for me. So that was more of the integration of the ankle lock to show it even more. And that I was very dominating with it. Let's talk about the big night. It's March 26th. So this is the day we're talking about where WCW has their final nitro. You come out to do a promo and say that everybody's giddy about the big news, but the news is we're less than one week away from WrestleMania and our Olympic hero still doesn't have an opponent. And you remind us all that even the freaking gobbledygooker has a match. And then Chris Benoit comes out and says, he's tired of hearing you complain. And if you want a match at WrestleMania, he'll give you one. You guys agree. You wind up in a brawl and then you're in a cross face and you're tapping. This is a nice way to, uh, get you in a match, but historically at a WrestleMania, there's usually weeks or sometimes months of a build. What do you remember of this? Just six days before the biggest show. Did you know weeks ahead of time? It was going to be Benoit. It was just a, a moment of, uh, a matter of waiting for that moment to be announced. Or did you not know until that day? I don't think the company knew what they wanted to do with me or Benoit. And I think that's the reason they put us together. I was in the program with rock and Austin jumping back and forth, wrestling them every single week. And, uh, so there was no real time for me to have a program of Benoit. I'm not sure they even thought of it till a week or two before WrestleMania. So, you know, Benoit and I got put together because we were both top performers in the company and neither one of us had a match. And I think the company said, well, let's put the two best, best technicians in a match together. They're going to have an incredible match. We don't need much of a buildup. So let's just throw it on the card. So we were more of a mid-level feature, uh, mid-card feature match for WrestleMania, which is fine with me. If I can wrestle Benoit at WrestleMania, I do it every year. So, you know, he's he was an incredible performer. It can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late, to find yourself at a railway crossing waiting for a train. And if the signals are going and the train's not even there yet, you may feel a bit tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Well, don't ever. To the naked eye, trains often appear to be further away and moving slower than they are, and they can't stop quickly. And even if the engineer hits the emergency brakes right away, it can take a train over a mile to stop. Over a mile to stop. By that time, it's too late, and the result is a potential deadly crash. The point is, you can't know how quickly the train will arrive. The train can't stop quickly, and even if it sees you, it ends in disaster. If the signals are on, the train is on its way and you just need to remember one thing. Stop. Trains can't paid for by NHTSA. Let's talk about that for a moment, because I'm just fascinated that they've got, 
you know, the former WCW world champion, Chris Benoit here, they've got you fresh off of programs with the rock and triple H and Austin and you know, former world champion yourself. You're one of their hottest properties and we're six days out. And only now we're finding out what you're doing at WrestleMania. And I think that's worth discussing. Do you think Vince was pulled too thin here between the acquisition of WCW launching the XFL, the biggest WrestleMania of all time? It's gotta be easy to divert your focus and take your off the ball, right? Oh, without a doubt. I'm sure that had some effect on it. Uh, you know, the thing is most of the time we have matches booked months before WrestleMania, at least half the matches are booked six months before WrestleMania and there's programs leading up to it. There was no program for Benoit and I, so, um, you know, it's a little frustrating, uh, considering how big of names we were in the business, but I do understand it. I, I understood that Vince McMahon had a lot, a lot of shit going on with WCW and ECW and, uh, you know, the XFL. So, you know, maybe his focus was drawn away a little bit, but I mean, he has great writers that write for him regardless. So, um, I just don't think they knew what they wanted to do with me or Benoit at that particular time. Let's keep it going here. Let's talk about what happens next. We see edge and Christian introduce you to Rhino who says he will bleed for you. You're not sure what to think about his intelligence or his integrity, but say he's got some intensity. And then we see the simulcast with WCW happen and we get a six man tag. It's team ECK against the Hardys and Chris Benoit. It ends with Rhino goring Lita. You're knocked out of the ring and not really involved in the finish, but nothing happens related to your Benoit feud. It feels like this was sort of thrown together. I mean, it's cool to be on this simulcast and it'd be a big moment like this. And people still talk about the gore on Lita, but I don't know, man. It feels like when you've got two of the best wrestlers in the world. Maybe it deserved a little more time. Were you thinking that at the time was Benoit saying that, or are you just so new to the business that it's like, okay, this is what they want. Let's go do it. Yeah. I was new to the business. I just kept my mouth shut, my eyes and ears open and, uh, did what they told me to do. So, uh, you know, I, I didn't show any influence on, you know, I, I was never political and tried to push myself to do something. I always expected the company to do it. And sometimes you have to step up and say, Hey, what am I doing? What are you guys going to do with me? I didn't do that at the beginning, at least not a few years until a few years into the business. So I think that, you know, they were partially at fault for not having programs for Benoit and I, but Chris and I didn't speak up either. And I think we're guilty as well. Let's, uh, let's talk about, uh, the last stop for WrestleMania, uh, besides heat it's the March 29th SmackDown. You're in a tag team with Eddie Guerrero against test and Chris Benoit. It's not a long match. Benoit makes Eddie tap. And then you put Benoit on the ankle lock Benoit taps. And then Michael Cole says, Sunday, we'll find out who the best technical wrestler in the world is. And then, uh, it's show day, man. Here we are the Astro dome. What's the atmosphere like backstage that day for the biggest show ever? Well, it's a WrestleMania atmosphere. You know, the shit is on. You know, you have to put on your absolute best performance. Uh, it's a great environment. It's, uh, it's, it's very exciting and also very stressful because, you know, you have to put on the performance of the lifetime that night. And, uh, so everybody's just trying to focus and get ready. Does Vince or anybody with the company hold like a, 
I don't know, like a pep talk or rally, a big speech. Does anything like that happen on a big show like this? Or does everybody there just all about business? It's all about business, especially WrestleMania day, that whole entire week. We're so busy doing so many things, appearances, uh, fan access media, uh, you know, you, you name it. We're, we're, we're doing everything that we can to help promote the show. It's just all about business. Uh, Vince usually gave those speeches the week prior at raw and SmackDown. Uh, he knows that we're busy that entire week of WrestleMania with everything that we're doing, going over our match appearances, media, uh, everything. So, uh, we don't have that speech on, on Sunday at WrestleMania. That's, that's already been done, taken care of, and it's up to us to perform the best we can. What's show day. Like, you know, do you have any pre-match rituals when you know it's going to be a big show? Do you eat a certain type of breakfast? Do you wake up at a certain time? Do you have any, uh, uh, what's the old thing? Maybe you had some superstitions. You wore a special pair of socks or anything like that. Um, no, I, I didn't have any superstitions. I, I just, uh, would do what I always did. Um, you know, have a good meal in the morning. Um, you know, I would go for a run, uh, get nice and warmed up, loosened for the day and, uh, go to the arena, uh, get my gear on, say a prayer and go out there and do what I do best. Do you recall who your agent was for this particular match with Benoit here at 17? I believe it was either Pat Patterson or Johnny Laurinaitis. I can't remember, but both of them are exceptional. How would you compare the two as far as, as an agent for helping produce a match? What was Patterson's style compared to say a Johnny Ace? Patterson was more old school. He liked the old school, uh, psychology. Uh, Johnny Laurinaitis was more fast paced and new school. Um, you know, he would come up with more innovative finishes. Uh, Pat would do more traditional finishes. So, uh, but they were both very effective at the same time. Okay. Timeout. I want to talk about how much I love tag team wrestling and specifically my favorite part of a tag team match. It's the hot tag, baby. We recently got the hot tag over at SaveWithConrad.com from Michael in Williamstown, New Jersey. He left us a five-star review and he had this to say. When I started the refi process, I went to the company that held my loan to ask about a refi. They were less than optimistic about some of our refinance goals. A fan of Conrad's podcast, I wanted to give Conrad a shot at earning my business. I worked with Jimmy and immediately got the sense that our goals were realistic. I locked in an ultra low rate and the terms that made the deal were a no brainer for me. In the end, I cut six years off of my loan and saved about $90,000. I can't thank Conrad, Jimmy and Eric enough. Think about that, man. His first company, the company who had his current mortgage said, no, I don't know if we can do that. And the old wrestling podcast team pulled through, baby. He got six years off his loan, $90,000. Are you serious? It's the best rate he's ever had on a mortgage. And it all happened at SaveWithConrad.com. He saved 90 grand, but how much can you save? It's free to find out right now. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket, but it's not a matter if you can save money. It's a matter of how much find out right now. Save with Conrad.com NMLS number six, five, zero, eight, four equal housing lender. Hurry to save with Conrad.com. Let's, uh, itself here. Uh, Meltzer would say Kurt angle, pin Chris Benoit in 14 minutes and two seconds angle insulted the Texas crowd to make sure Benoit got a decent face reaction because the Benoit turn psychologically hasn't been handled well. And fans really haven't seen it as any kind of turn. 
because if you pay attention, it hasn't been, they did awesome mat work early, like the best mat work in this country in years. Angle basically did all of his amateur takedowns and was tremendous in doing so and gave Benoit openings for escapes and reversals. Uh, fans politely applauded the mat work, which was a risk because when you have such a large audience, the real wrestling fan percentage is usually low as compared to people who are just going to one show of their lifetime. And there aren't going to be as into the wrestling itself as a smaller crowd would figure to be this kept up for several minutes and the crowd still appreciated it until angle did the subtle heel forearm and sending Benoit uh, into the steps angle started suplexing Benoit all over the place. And Benoit came back with a superplex off the top rope and a rolling German suplex. And then Benoit used angles ankle lock on him. Let's talk about that for a minute. Whose idea was it to start with so much mat wrestling? Cause all these years later, it still stands out. Well, we had time for the match, which was very surprising considering we were more of a mid card match at the time, but, um, you know, we, we, uh, basically put together the amateur wrestling. You can't really, you can't really call that, uh, or you can't plan that. You know, I, I just told Benoit. I'll float with you. I'm going to attack you, take you down. You know, you reverse me. I'll reverse you. We'll get up. I'll attack you again. We'll just keep the motion going. Cause when you do amateur wrestling, you don't think about it. You go by action reaction. So you react to each move that happens and you counter it. So, um, we, we couldn't really talk that out. We just improvised that. We also improvised the heat. The only part of the match we structured was the comeback and the finish. How much of that would you have laid out backstage and how much of that is you guys just going with feel in the ring? I'd say 60% was backstage. 40% was in the ring. Eventually Benoit gets a cross face and angle needs to make the ropes, but then angle gets a cross face and actually did a more believable version of the move than Benoit for a rope break. There was a weak and needless ref bump here. This match was getting over in a different type of suspension of disbelief manner. And the ref bump really hurt the match because it woke everyone up to the fact that they're watching essentially the same thing as everyone else on the show. The ref bump was for Benoit to get the cross face and for angle to tap setting the stage for Benoit being screwed. But since they were already doing that in the post-match interview, it didn't seem to serve a purpose angle used the newly named angle slam for a near fall. He went for a moonsault, but Benoit got his knees up which actually hit angle in the face as his moonsault positioning was off. So let's take a timeout right there. What do you think of Meltzer's criticism of the ref bump? If he had it to do over again, would you have done it the same way? I don't know. I, you know, wrestling one oh one. this is what you need to do. The heel needs to make the baby face look as good as possible. The heel also has to make the baby face look like he was supposed to win. If you have a ref bump, which I don't agree with all the time, I, I actually don't like using them, but uh, sometimes they're good because it shows that the baby face should have won the match. So there's psychology to it, and I totally understand why they did it. I just don't think that Chris and I needed a ref bump. We could have had the match. Whether Chris won or I won, it really doesn't matter because we're both very unique, and I don't think the fans would have been – upset either way of who won or lost. It was, you know, having two great athletes like that, go at it. It's good enough. Do you remember, uh, using your political power, if you will, to veto a ref bump before, or is that not something you would have spoken up about? 
I didn't use a lot of ref bumps, but, uh, you know, I used them a lot earlier on in my career and I, I didn't really speak up back then. I was relatively new. Let's talk about the moonsault. Uh, Meltzer says that, uh, the positioning was maybe off a little bit here and, uh, you get hit in the face here. What do you remember about that? Well, <laughs> anytime I do the moonsault, I don't know where I'm going to land. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's out of control. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I misjudged the jump and I got hit in the face with uh, Benoit's knees. Um, but you know, that the stuff happens, you just have to roll with it. <laughs> Next up, Benoit would use a diving headbutt for a near fall, but you get the, uh, pin out of nowhere using the tights and Meltzer would say, this was the old Jack Briscoe, Dory Funk Jr. Psychology and that both would work a scientific match, but Funk would heal while keep the world champion wrestler credibility by showing he could really wrestle and take subtle shortcuts which because of the context got over better than all the overt heel tactics in the undercard. Usually very similar to early Don Fry in Japan. And then in the context of a match, it looks real. Something simple like not breaking clean on the ropes can generate a ton of heat. And Meltzer gave it four and a quarter stars, a lot to unpack here. Uh, what do you think of the diving headbutt? Uh, wrestling fans these days play armchair quarterback about all that happened with Benoit in those last few days of his life. And they talk a lot about CTE and they think that perhaps the diving headbutt helped contribute to that. I've never taken a top rope headbutt, much less given one. So I don't know how true that is. What'd you think of the, the top rope headbutt? Was that a, a dangerous maneuver? No, I don't think it was dangerous from a, a, a head perspective, a concussion perspective, right? This doesn't really headbutt you. He just kind of lands his face lands a little bit on your shoulder it's, it's not a very, um, um, you know, detrimental move. Uh, the only thing that, that, that would occur is whiplashing to your back and neck because you're landing on your stomach. Right. So I think that's the problem Chris had with his neck. I think had a lot to do with the diving headbutt. It's your weekly reminder to make sure that you are taking advantage of all things Conrad over at adfreeshows.com. The content library is phenomenal with so many options that cater to you, the wrestling fan. Whether you enjoy hearing your favorite podcasts ad-free or watching them on your smart device, maybe you're interested in MMA or just enjoy the wrestling nostalgia. I guarantee there is something for you. The interactive experiences alone are worth every penny. From Nick Aldis and Thunder Rosa to legends like Nikita Koloff, Arn Anderson, and Jim Ross. They have all been a part of our live interactive events where you get to talk to them and ask the questions that are on your mind. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to adfreeshows.com and choose the right tier for you. So much value and a wide selection that is free as well. That's right, free content you can start enjoying today. So do it now. Go to adfreeshows.com and sign up today and join the fastest growing wrestling community. Again, it's adfreeshows.com. What about the, uh, the finish of the match? Do you remember who would have put this together? Was this your idea, his idea, perhaps, uh, Johnny ACE or Pat's it was Johnny's or Pat's and, and it worked extremely well. Um, it was definitely like a, a funk type of match where you're a heel and, uh, you, you know, the, 
cool thing about funk was, you know, he could wrestle still and, but, but he wouldn't always do that. He would cheat to win. It was, it was him taking a lazy way out. And I think that's why heels that actually can wrestle actually cheat is because they want to take the easy way out. The, the less road traveled and uh, more of a, you know, rob you of the win. So that that's what a heel does. Well, it clearly worked. Uh, Meltzer giving it four and a quarter stars. What do you think of that rating? Would you agree? Oh yeah. I, I, you know, Meltzer very seldom has ever given me anything higher than that. So I was really excited about the, the rate that he gave me. You've said before that there were only a few times when he walked out of the ring and said to yourself, I nailed it. Uh, WrestleMania 21 being the time we talked about before, what were you feeling like after this match? Honestly, I had such little experience at the time. I didn't know how to feel about it. I, you know, I was relatively new. I was only on TV, I think for a little over a year. And, uh, you know, I, I was just, uh, happy that the match was finished. Uh, you know, I, I would make it through my matches and be relieved. I made it through because, I had such little experience, so I didn't really think about that. Do you remember if Benoit was pleased with the match? Yeah, he was excited. He gave me a big hug. He said, that was freaking awesome. And I took his word for it. I, you know, at the time I knew the match was good. I just didn't know how good it was. When you come back through the curtain, uh, is it, uh, one of those standing ovation type moments? Is everybody still focused on the show because it's WrestleMania? Does Vince take the headset off and make an approach. Do you remember any of that? Yes. Vince approached both me and Chris Benoit and said, we did awesome job that night. And he was very proud of us. So, you know, Vince didn't do that very often, but you know, he, when you knew when he got up and took his headphones off, you knew that, that, that was a good thing. Let's tell me a little bit about the, the post-match when you, you leave the, the building that night. Do you go back to the hotel? Do you do the after party thing? Are you getting together with friends or family? What's your, your ritual here after WrestleMania to sort of celebrate your big night? Well, you have to go to the after party, regardless if you want to or not. Um, uh, but it's a lot of fun. You know, we, we let loose, we have, uh, you know, eat food, have drinks, uh, watch the WrestleMania that just transpired. Uh, so it's pretty cool environment and you get to converse with, you know, husbands and wives of the wrestlers. And it's, it's a lot of fun and it can last all night if you wanted to, but most of us had to get up for raw the next day. Just wanted to take a second to tell you about all the great angle pod merch over at boxagimmicks.com. It's the official store of the Kurt angle show and all of ad free shows. Boxagimmicks.com is where you can find Kurt angle show mugs, shirts, hoodies, and more. So if you're looking to show off your love of the Kurt angle show, head on over to boxagimmicks.com. Well, we should mention you're not technically done when you leave the ring that night. Kevin Kelly is going to try to interview you backstage and uh, Benoit is going to attack you, put you in the crossface. We know that they're building towards another big match between you two, the ultimate submission match at backlash. We're going to cover that, cover that here in a few weeks here on the Kurt angle show later that night in the main event of WrestleMania 17, we see stone cold and the rock actually get it on and stone cold turns heel. This is a major moment in wrestling. In hindsight, Austin says it's either the biggest or the second biggest regret of his career. What'd you think of them turning essentially the guy who made you a wrestling fan and do a bad guy? 
I honestly, I don't think Austin needed to turn heel. I think he was red hot as a baby face and continued to be. He wasn't getting stale. I just think that it was uh, a move by the company that wanted to um, make a lot of other talent that were coming up as baby faces like the rock. Uh, obviously the rock was already there, but um, you know, uh, myself, I turned baby face and had a program with Austin. Uh, but you know, the, the match that night was incredible. I, I thought, you know, we you had two of the biggest stars in the business going at it. If you're going to turn heel at any particular time, WrestleMania is the best time to do it. The whole world's watching. It is something that will be debated forever, but there's no debate. WrestleMania 17 was a critical success as well as a financial success. The readers of the wrestling observer gave it 99% thumbs up. That's 588 votes, thumbs up only six thumbs down for just 1%. The best match poll was really close. Austin and rock got 157 votes. That historic TLC match got 120 and you and Benoit are right behind them with 119 votes. Pretty remarkable that you only had one less vote than the TLC match, which my goodness, when you think of all the crazy spectacles that happened in that, that's pretty high praise. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, without a doubt. I was elated when I saw that vote uh, system, you know, uh, the, the TLC match is considered one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time. They used so many gimmicks and they did it extremely well. It was a well-planned out match and uh, everything was incredible in that match. And to be one vote less, uh, showed that we were just a wrestling match, straight up wrestling. Uh, it showed that M or wrestling, when you wrestle in the ring, it can be just as popular, just as demanded as, you know, the gimmick matches. Yep. Just uh, depends on how you do it. But, uh, you know, the, the night went to Rock and Austin. They had an excellent main event. Two of the biggest names in the business going at it in the, in the history of the business. This was a huge matchup that was highly anticipated for years. So I understand why they had the... They got the most votes. They deserved it. Let's talk a little bit about, um, your other match with Chris Benoit, uh, WVM on Twitter wants to know, Kurt, what was your better match with Chris Benoit WrestleMania 17 or Royal rumble 2003. I'm partial to 2003 because the crowd was so invested. I feel like you guys had them in the palm of your hands. Of course, that was when the world title was on the line. Uh, but this was WrestleMania, which is obviously a, a whole different animal. Which match did you prefer Kurt? I've always said that my favorite match of all time that I've ever performed in is the Royal Rumble 2003. The, the, the structure of the match, the way we laid it out, the, the false finishes, the submission trade-offs, the amateur wrestling at the beginning, it was a well-planned out story that was an incredible finish. Uh, everything came together that night, and uh, I was really uh, excited about this match. I I didn't know how good it was until I watched it back. And I was like, holy crap, this was the best match I've ever wrestled in. And, and, and to this day, it still rings true. Let's talk a little bit about, um, in ring workers, Jason says, where does Ben, where does Benoit rank amongst most believable in ring workers that Kurt has ever been in the ring with? Number one, number he one. Is, yes. He, he's above everybody. If you're talking about just in ring performing, as a technician, a wrestler, a performer, Chris Benoit is the top. He's, he's number one on the chart. 
always will be. Um, I never uh, faced a guy that intense, that technically sound, and that explosive in my life. He is, without a doubt, the best in-ring performer I've ever been in the ring with. What's the downside of wrestling Chris Benoit back then? Was there one? No, there was no downside. You knew you were going to get really tired. <laughs> he goes at 120 miles an hour the whole time, man. He's he's an intense individual, uh, a lot like me. I felt like I was wrestling myself whenever I'd wrestle Chris Benoit. So uh, we we eat up the ante too. We we try to blow each other up. So it, it was an inside joke that we had to see who would get tired first. But neither one of us would get tired. Talk to me a little bit about his chops. Is that some, where does he rank in terms of chops you want to avoid? Well, Chris Benoit was an incredible worker. He had great touch, never touched you when he punched you, kicked you. Uh, his suplexes were safe. He, he looked brutal, but he wasn't, he was very light, but his chops were the most brutal thing in the world. They would put uh, red marks and bruises on your chest. Your chest would bleed. It was incredibly uh, painful, and uh, Chris Benoit was the man with that stuff. I, uh, every time he did it, I would squint and say, oh, God, not again. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. Uh, here's one from uh, Ringside Rant Jones, who says, this match is probably one of the best technical matches in Mania history. With that being said, who, in your opinion, in the current crop of talent on any roster do you see as being one of, if not the best technical wrestler today? Daniel Bryan, without a doubt, that guy's a technical master. Um, I, I love his work. I wish I would have wrestled him. Uh, he, he was, uh, he is one of the best in-ring performers today. And I think of all time, uh, you know, if, even though he's a little undersized, he makes up for it with his work ethic and what he can do in the ring. He is just incredible. And, uh, AJ Styles is another guy that, is, is a great technician when he wants to be, he does some high flying stuff too. So does Daniel Bryan, but, um, you know, as far as technical, technically sound AJ styles and, and Brian, Daniel Bryan are the two best. When you wrestled a guy like Benoit and, and you acknowledged earlier that you're relatively new in the business, but he's the baby face. You're the heel. We've heard typically over the years, the heel would call a match. You also said that 60% of this match was probably called in the back. The other 40 is just improv that other 40 that's improv. Who's calling the match you or him. I was calling the match. Uh, you know, I started, you know, when I, at the beginning I was attacking Chris. So I would start the, the motion going and then Chris would counter and I'd keep going. I would counter, then he would counter. So I was taking the lead at the beginning and during the heat, I called the heat. So, um, I called the match, most of the match. And during the comeback and finish, we would talk to each other. We would communicate. So, uh, the, you know, that, that wasn't a very difficult thing, but, um, I, I called most of the match. Well, next week you guys get to call the show. We're doing ask Kurt anything. That's right. Ask Kurt anything. If you want to ask a question, it's easy to do. So you just got to follow us on Twitter. It's at the angle pod. Uh, and I want to mention too that we've gotten a ton of tweets over at that account where people are bragging about how much they love chicken snacks. Tell us about it, Kurt. Chicken snacks and snack, smart plant protein. Uh, these product, this product is, uh, from physically fit nutrition. They're called chicken snacks. They're organic plant proteins called snack smart. 
We have 11 different flavors. This is wild buffalo and blue cheese. This is one of my favorites. Kung Pao is my favorite, but this is my second favorite. Very clean, very healthy. Uh, you can get it. You can order it at physicallyfit.com. Use angle pod code when you order. Uh, where would they order from the from the podcast? They go to physicallyfit.com. And here's my thing about physicallyfit.com. First of all, you get to see all the different flavors and there are a ton of different options. And, uh, we've, we've talked about it here on the show. You actually like the Kung Pao. I think my favorite is still the Sriracha, but at the office, dude, everybody loves the Buffalo flavor and that's all at physicallyfit.com. You can even click where to order. And to my surprise, there's three places within driving distance here of my house. There's one that's just like two miles up the road but I'm still ordering everything online. So if you're like me, scroll down to the bottom and click order now online. And there you'll see where you've got the plant protein and the chicken snacks, whatever you're looking for. And when you use that special promo code angle pod, you save 20% off. Now these only start at nine 99. So when you get 20% off, this is a great deal. And it's a great way to snack because this is a healthy snack, right? Kurt? Yes, it is. It's, it's a uh, very, very healthy for you. A high protein, low carbohydrate. Incredible taste. They're, they're all exceptionally tasteful. You're going to love them. By the way, you can also find it not only in stores near you, but amazon.com. But if you want to save 20% off then cruise on over to physicallyfit.com, use that special promo code AnglePod, and you'll save 20% off and there's no limit. So order as much as you want. It's 20% off. Speaking of no limit, there's no limit to what you continue to add to KurtAngleBrand.com. You're signing birthday cards. You're doing video messages. You're even selling cowboy hats, Kurt. What's the deal? Selling cowboy hats, birthday cards, photos, uh, you know, video messages. Uh, I got the whole ball of wax and a very affordable prices. I, you know, my birthday cards are only $26. Uh, the photos are $31. The, 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 the cowboy hats a little more expensive, but, uh, and I also have milk cartons. Unbelievable. Cool. Angles milk. <laughs> yeah. And, and you even take special autograph requests. That's right. Special autograph requests. If you've got something you want Kurt to sign, you can make it happen over at KurtAngleBrand.com. We greatly appreciate your support. I hope you guys are digging what we're doing. Uh, we'd ask that you hit the subscribe button, leave us a five-star review. If you think we've earned it. And most importantly, tell your friends about your favorite new wrestling podcast is the Kurt angle show every Sunday, right here on Westwood one. And yes, we'll still be with you here on WrestleMania weekend. You don't want to miss it next week. It's our very special ask Kurt anything right here on the Kurt angle show. We'll see you next week. Okay. Let's just be honest with each other. If you're listening to this, there's a 98% chance you're a dude. And there's also a pretty good chance. If you go to your significant other and you say, honey, I think we should refinance with this wrestling podcast guy. She's going to look at you like, huh? And I get that, but let me just put a little bug in your ear. Cruise on over and check out the reviews for us. Here's what people are saying. Christina in Lancaster, Ohio gave us a five-star review. She says the team was extremely responsive, knowledgeable, helpful with all our questions and time. The process was very quick and simple, and we were shocked at how easily everything came together. Thank you for that review, Christina. Here's what Brian in Moorhead, Minnesota said. If you want to refinance, choose these guys. They walked me through every step and they were great to work with. Here's what Lewis said in Kalamazoo, Michigan, great communication, very friendly and knowledgeable staff. Here's what Lauren said in Monroe, Connecticut, Conrad made the process easy and was a pleasure to work with. Here's what Bailey said in Maryville, Tennessee. 
I was looking to refinance for my mortgage. First family made it easy and efficient. I got a great rate and I was very pleased with the outcome. What about Jeffrey in Michigan? He gave us a five-star review and he wrote, everyone was helpful and patient with some of our local lenders, not wanting to help find the missing documents. I get it. It's a wrestling podcast, but he's saving us money on our mortgage. You really trust this process. The reviews don't lie. Five-star review after five-star review. We make it fast. We make it easy and it's no cost or obligation. Give us a shot to earn your business. I'm telling you, you'll be glad you did, especially if you like keeping more of your own money. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. So what are you waiting for? Hurry to save with Conrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Get yourself a quick quote right now. Interest rates are on the rise and you don't want to miss it. Waiting will only cost you money. Hurry, save with Conrad.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen.